There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to the On The Box podcast, the television show podcast on the Anfield Index podcast channel. And once again, it's a Game of Thrones special, Season 7, Episode 3 in the can. So we're going to review that. And once again, I've got the Cersei of Anfield Index, <laughs> Miss Nina Kalza. How are you doing, Nina? I'm really good. This feels like a post-match show because we've literally just watched it and ran up to kind of, uh, you know... Yeah, I know the schedule's a bit. The schedule's harsh this week. I'm I'm off on holiday. As soon as I stop recording and send this recording to you, I'm flying away. But anyway, dedication. Right, you bastard. <laughs> I am John Snow, I suppose. In your fucking dreams, Ramsey Bolton or Ramsey Snow or whatever. That's it. You, you can... know the name. Even he's got some bite about him. You're just nothing. Anyway, enough. You could be Elena. Anyway, we'll talk about her later. So, how did the episode? This was a. This was. I thought it was a big episode. I know, I know it was quite low budgeted. There wasn't much action, not much fighting. They weren't showing much. Uh, dragons in it for just a couple of seconds. So you could see, I think we've talked about it before, haven't we, in the last two weeks, that they're building slowly to, I think, some really big episodes mm. towards the end of the season. But I still thought it was good. I mean, what were your just, just overall thoughts on it without going into the details? Did you think it was a good show? It was a good show. And it, yeah, you're right. Um, it probably didn't have the action or the great, you know, special effects. But there was a lot of um, unseen, you know, um, duos and um, dialogue. Yeah, and conversation. big, big That dialogue. kind of, you know, which is a big part of Game of Thrones as well. It's not all about the action and the nudity and the, and the you know, and the, the violent scenes. It's sometimes about, you know, something funny being said or quite an iconic quote or people coming together on screen and that's what this episode heavily focused on people coming it, together yeah. mm. massive wasn't it the first scene is Jon Snow arriving at Dragonstone and the exchange between Tyrion and Jon he goes 
<laughs> I've been waiting for this. You know, he called him the bastard of Winterfell and he called him the dwarf of Castle. Yeah. So basically, they, they kind of smirked at each other whilst, you know, that's what they've been beaten with all six seasons, haven't they? Those, you know, dwarf and bastard. And, and they were just like, yeah, this is us. We're all right here. But it was, um, it was, it was good, man. Lots of references to previous battles, you know. I mean, they basically took everything off John, didn't they? His ship and his 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 weapons, everything. Yeah, it needed to be done. I think he knew that. And I think at one point, maybe he probably thought, shit, what am I actually doing here? I think what maybe eased him was probably having the dwarf of Castle Rock there because obviously there's a familiarity. And, you know, there's always been that mutual respect. You could tell they like each other. Do you know what I mean? Even though they take the piss out of each other. But there is, I think it, that was the genuine um, safety net, if you will. Yeah. Because I think he knew that he wouldn't let anything come to him. You can see that they were being cold to him because, like, Davos tries to chat to Miss Sandy and she just totally brushes him off. Oh, you know what? <laughs> Bless the Geordie boy. He's He's got good taste. I, I tried chatting her up as well. I ain't going to lie. <laughs> she just, like, went, she like f- swatting a fly. She just, And then he went, this place has changed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as if it was any better when you were there with fucking... What was his name? Stannis Jesus. It was worse. But, you know, it was really good because obviously Tyrion starts saying to John, like, you know, my marriage was a sham. And he was like, I never asked. That was asked. so funny. <laughs> like, I, I, it, we never consummated because I didn't ask. I don't want to know. <laughs> and they just, just, I think, you know, it's like they waited that long as well. You know, the characters, I thought it was played really well. John's mm-hmm. becoming, by the way, a little bit of a depressive, isn't he? You know, Everyone's going to die. Everything's going to die. He's just really scared and worried, isn't he? You could, I don't know. It's. I mean, that's probably the right way for the character to go to to go right now. But to me, he's becoming a bit of a, you know, it's like a oh man, come on, John, be a bit more defiant type thing. I suppose he was showing defiance by not bending the knee. But I just feel that anyway. We could talk about this thing. Like, but the dragons fly over him, and do you see the state of Davos and John? <laughs> Yeah, and they hit the deck, and then he and uh, little Tyrion goes. I, can't, I need to stop calling him little Tyrion. It's very offensive to um, you know, the the, the dwarf of Castle Rock. But Tyrion goes, you get you get used to them, or he says something. He goes, you get used to them, or maybe you? not, yeah, or maybe not. And it just it made me laugh. I, I loved them two on screen. I mean, I don't know how you felt, but it felt like an age since we've seen them two together. And I'll be honest with you, I did get butterflies. Yeah, it was season one and a couple of first, first well, mm-hmm. half of it, I think, halfway through when they split up. But yeah, they they always shared, you know, you probably didn't appreciate it in season one, but now, I mean, I've watched it back again. And yeah, you when, would. When you look at it now and you think, my God, it's been six years. They've been in the same show, but not in the same scene. And now they pretty much got an episode, you know, there was at least, there was so much time on screen together in this one. And it was great. They, I thought they were brilliant. Uh, Tyrion is is thinks he's dead clever. Uh, we'll find. We'll talk about why he's not later a little bit. But yeah, so you know they they basically switch to the Red Witch and uh, Varys discussing uh, John arriving and why she's hiding. And obviously she tells him. But something important she said that she's done a bit and she bought fire and ice together. Obviously the name of the books and stuff. So uh, I thought it was an important part of that and. Um, you know, what Varys is warning her not to go back. She's going to get killed. But I don't know what her plans are next, but she seemed quite, you know, 
positive and confident that she's going to go do something, probably to her death, but oh well. I don't think we see much of her after that, so she's probably pissed off. But then it's the big meeting between John and uh, Daenerys. I don't know I don't know what your thoughts were on their their first ever on screen, um, you know, sharing this, the, the, mm. the screen. What did you think? I thought it was fucking cool. Um, I love the fact that they both kind of looked at each other and thought, you know, because they're both relatively quite young. And, you know, and they've got all this experience. So, you know, there's a lot banking on each one. And usually when, you know, somebody's as powerful as Daenerys, like in my head, if I thought of Mother of Dragons, she owns the Dothraki, she freed the slaves, you know, she's accomplished so much. You'd kind of think she was a woman of of age. Does that make sense? So, like, I think that must be quite sure. And then obviously, you know, Commander of the North, the King of the North, you know, she probably assumed he'd be a little older and they're not. And I love the fact that, you know, she was, you know, trying to be the authority figure and she thought that, you know, she could speak about the ancestors and the allegiance and she could get him to kneel and he was just completely defiant. And uh, I think it frustrated her. It was the first time genuinely someone actually uh, questioned, you know, like stood up to her and challenged her. Yeah, and Tyrion was kind of like not, saying kill him <laughs> you know yeah. he was like no he's an honest guy he's just listen but you know what i found really funny of them meeting together miss sandy just rattles off all these titles oh, yes. and then stops he is the king in the north I'm yeah. and then john snow kind of rolling his eyes like please shut up yeah like, no but they look at john and then he looks and he goes this is john snow <laughs> Yeah. After all that big, she goes these all these times, and he goes, "This is Jon Snow," and I just piss myself. And then he goes, "Oh, he's the king of the north." Yeah, fucking Mate, so good, so funny. Like there, it was tension in it, like meeting. And I totally agree with you. Like you said, they were they they both quite young. They're probably shocked at looking at each other the, the way they are. But not only that, during that dialogue, I think they both realize how similar they are. In mm-hmm. terms of John's trying to save people, she's yep. also trying not to kill people to win the yep. throne. So they're both trying to do the same thing, which is probably what was the the common denominator. And they were both like, okay, so, and then he goes, am I your, you know, no, but the, what was big, she, she asked for his forgiveness as well, for her father's sins, which was yeah. huge for a queen to do. Which mm-hmm. queen does shit like that? So she's trying to prove that she's not the same as the Mad King. Which uh, which is what more Cersei's becoming like, but we'll talk about that in a sec. But then she's kind of getting offended in it because he's adamant. But you know, because of, you know the dead and stuff, she's like, "Are you stupid? Are you stupid?" And then the, the big moment where they're face to face, and he tells her basically, "You'll be ruling a fucking graveyard." Mm-hmm. So John Davos then has that massive speech, which is great about John, and then he stops him just when he talks about the heart, uh, the dagger to the heart. And I think that, Nin, is the bit that plays on her mind the rest mm. of the episode. And that's the bit. There's, there's an intrigue about Jon Snow. Yeah, he's not her. just a man. There's a bit more to him. You know, what, what, do, yeah. what, what did he mean to uh, took a, you know, took a blade to the heart, literally or metaphorically? You know, she's probably thinking. Yeah, exactly. And so that's the thing that's playing on her head when later on, Tyrion's trying to, you know, say, what do you want to do? And, and, and obviously they end the, that meeting by saying, and we'll come back to uh, further on, we'll go through episode uh, uh, step by step because we're in a rush today and we've not had too much chance to prep. Um, 
but she leaves him and he goes, I, I, am I your prisoner? And she turns around and she goes, not yet. And I was like, <laughs> Jesus. But yeah, I mean, I thought. I also, I also love the way that Dothraki guy just kept giving him evils. He looked like Jon Snow. If you Jon Snow, the Dothraki, and he was just kind of like staring him out. I enjoyed that as well. Like an intimidation yeah. factor. Exactly. I mean, he, all of it was put together really well. I thought the dialogue was great. There was no times you were bored. You were you were you were stuck. You were glued to listening, weren't you? And it mm-hmm. was interesting. I was loving it. That one of them didn't bow. Both being mm-hmm. strong keeps the character strong. Uh, and then Varys turns up and gives Khaleesi the bad news about Ilaria and the Greyjoys, and and Theon's rescued uh, the Wimp. Uh, but then cut to obviously um, Euron dragging Yara and Ilaria, and this, I mean. This is just now. The whole bit of this is is Cersei and and cruelty. But before we go to Cersei, Euron and Jamie Lannister. How interesting is that? Because they're going to be a team. Oh my god! It was so funny when obviously he presents them to her, and she goes, y- "You will get your prize once the battle's won." She's clever. You know, yeah, you you know, you've still got your job to do. Yeah, you've still got a job to do. And I ain't naive. And he stands by Jamie Lannister. He goes, my favorite line. I'm so vile. He goes, does she like it soft or does she like it hard or a finger up above? Yeah, it's like, what the (laughs) fuck? It's like, you know what, though? He threatens him first that if you do anything, you turn on us because he's known for being uh, not, uh, you know, disloyal. yeah. A turncoat, yeah. So he goes, if you do anything, I'm going to have your head on a spike. And he turns around and gives him that, Jim. It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> you think, oh, mate. He, Euron is such a good character, isn't he? Like, yeah. he's added something. And they need a villain like that. That you kind of makes you laugh, but you hate him. He's got, you know what he reminds me of? He's got shades of, like, Ramsey Bolton about him. Because I, I used to really like Ramsey Bolton on screen. He's not got. He's not reached the levels of psycho. No, no, he won't. I think he's. I yeah. think it's, it's another character. That's but, what but, I was. Pretty... But I think in terms of what he says, because Ramsey Bolton was quite funny. I don't care what anyone says. Yeah, he was. He was dead funny. Yeah. His acting was superb. Yeah. No matter what anyone says. So I think they do get a good cast. Dude. They, they they get good casting mm. in this show. But anyway, let's move on to uh, Cersei. And obviously, she's got Ilaria on the floor with uh, her daughter, and she spits at the queen's feet. I mean, come on, man. You, you're asking for shit when you're already in the shit. You're really asking for shit when you're going to disrespect the queen like that. And, well, I just think the next bit in the dungeons is just, um, it's just, it's just some of the most cruelest stuff you're going to see. I don't see. think it is. No, but I think it's a, it's a cruel revenge. I, I think it's fair. Um, oh. I, I, you know, I'll be honest with you. I know that like, everyone's think, oh, you know, like that's harsh. And yet the girl's completely innocent. I, you know, I'm completely with Cersei, a hundred percent. That bitch murdered her daughter. I agree. You're gonna see it exactly the same. It's not nice, is it? Not nice. And I, you know, you might not like Cersei, but she's well within her rights. I did notice something very really strange about Cersei. I was like, why are her lips dead glossy? Because she's usually dead matte. And of course, it was a poison. It was exactly the same thing. She studied how her daughter got murdered. And she did exactly the same. The only slightly evil, a little bit evil, because you've got to do one better in Game of Thrones. You've got to outfox the evilness, was the fact that she's going to let that Ilaria, whatever she's called, watch her daughter. That's the cruel part. I don't, not the killing. It's the cruel part is 
watching her and then not only watching her die, but she's going to stay there forever and watch her rot to become, a, 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 you know, a, just a skeleton, a bonus, you know, a, a bag of bones. And that's the cruelty, not the, not the way she's dying. I get what you're saying. It's like she's just, she's just doing, she's just tit for tat type of thing for her, really, an eye for an eye. But it's the way you're doing it. It's the way you're torturing someone. That's real torture. Real torture. Oh, wow. Oh, well, but the last scene where they're in chains and trying to get at each other to hug is quite mm-hmm. strong, isn't it? And powerful. You're like, ah, oh, that's quite sad. But, you know, it's it's getting over how... I didn't feel for any of the bitches, I'll be honest with you. I felt nothing. I felt for Yara getting dragged no. around. Why? Oh, no, I felt for Yara, not for the mother and daughter, because they were both in on killing um, uh, Cersei's daughter. Her name yeah. escaped me now. So I was like, well, you deserve it. And you know what? I know you're saying, oh, it's cruel, but they're her prisoners. Merciless. And and, and I'm sure and I'm sure if Cersei was their prisoner, she'd probably face the exact same thing. Yeah, or maybe I something. Feel, yeah, I didn't feel anything. Cersei had the advantage of like being a ruler or being the mother of being able to bury her daughter. There was a difference. Yeah, still very very cruel. And after <laughs> after after she's been so cruel, she goes and uh, fucks her brother. Holy shit! And smacks his ass and sleeps with him. What the hell? <laughs> This show, but you know, just shows the power of Cersei. And she is not arsed now, is she? She's no. really not bothered about people finding out. And um, all of a sudden, she has a visitor from Bravos, the Iron Bank. And basically, you know what I got out of this conversation? She's really being clever. She's becoming a bit more like her dad as well. Mm-hmm. He, keeps, he keeps saying it to her. But but when she says, "I'm going to pay off my debt in full within two weeks," and you know, the first thing I thought, how the f- fuck are you gonna do that you know what i mean mm. and and obviously we find out later but let's let's move back into what happens next so it's Tyrion meeting john again this time they're just discussing basically you know um john is i think downing himself at this point you know really upset he's basically thinking he's a bit like his dad he's a bit of a fool and uh Tyrion's really nice isn't he, he says he'll try and help him and what mm-hmm. what do you want? And then obviously, at this point, they go back, and um, he's convinced Daenerys to give him the uh, the the dragon. This is the bit I was telling you about where Daenerys is kind of like really fixated on the heart. You know how he's come. So, what did you think? Because obviously, they've this is the bit where it's just Daenerys and John together. Yeah, I thought um, the build-up to that was very good because um, you're right, he, he kind of made references to his dad. And I think also in himself, he kind of feels quite frustrated or a little stupid because he's speaking about things that these people do not understand. All they care about is um, sort of like a materialistic kind of power, you know, like the Iron Throne, you know, ruling something when really they all have a common enemy, all of them. And it's, uh, you know, the White Walkers. And is it the White King? The Night King. The Night King, that's it. And, you know, it's the Night King that, you know, is the real threat here. And then, the, and you know, again, what was quite telling about that was when he actually was alone with Daenerys and, you know, she agreed to give him the, the dragon glass because obviously it'll keep him occupied and it'll keep him sweet and let him fight that war whilst she deals with taking the throne. He goes, so do you believe me? You know, so that in itself was quite telling, the fact that he needs, he needs to convince people because... He's finding it hard to convince it yeah, ghosts. It. Yeah, exactly. Because as soon as he mentioned it, she looked at him like he was a bit of a loon. 
Yeah, she goes, you got work to do, Jon Snow. <laughs> yes, because you've got work to do and walked off. But yeah, I, I think he's realised now that he's got a lot of convincing to do because a lot of people don't believe him. It's no. like, if he starts speaking about Ghost now, you just look at people and think you're a bit strange, you. And, and you know? that, that was the bit when he was talking to Tyrion as well. He goes, you know, if you told me, and then he thought about it and went, yeah, it's, this is a tough sell. <laughs> if you told me there was Nightwalkers and, uh, you know, and the Night King... And then he thought about it and goes, it does, like, he stopped for a second and you probably can see him thinking, yeah, it's a bit fucking far-fetched to tell someone who's not seen it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and basically, I just thought it was amazing to have them sharing screen space, you know, Daenerys and, and John. And I thought, like I said earlier, the theme was how similar they are. And she just said, you know, he was like going, oh, so Tyrion's convinced you. He, he, t- he likes to talk. And she goes, look, people like to do what they're good at. And the biggest part I thought of the conversation was John said he doesn't. And I think he was referencing fighting and killing people. Mm. So he's still pointing at that. I want to save people, not kill them. Yeah. I want to kill the dead because they're not alive. Do you know what I mean? They, that is yeah. where his focus I, is. I thought that as well. Yeah, just thought really clever way of dialogue, you know. They're just pointing at I don't want to kill people. There's a bigger battle here. Stop killing people. But obviously, sticking to... Uh, Jon Snow and his family, or part of his family, obviously half of it, back to Winterfell, where Sansa uh, has only got enough food for a year, and she's realising that they don't have enough food for the winter, but she's stepping up, Nin. Mm, I recommend she does intermittent fasting. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking hell. Just because it, it works on you, it's not going to work That's on everyone. You're going to fight on an empty stomach. You're going to burn a shit ton of fat. You'll be lean by summer. Yeah, I think they need to get hot pie on that. but not <laughs> And Sam maybe, but not them. They look quite lean, to be honest. But I think Littlefinger is obviously really um, buttering her up because he's saying you're born to lead and stuff. And mm-hmm. she's like, you know, getting the leather on the thingy, on the... Um, on the armor, yeah. she's she's mm. getting more, you know, food stuff set up. But the biggest thing I thought of this convo, and I don't know if a lot of people will pick up on it, but it was exactly what Lord Bailey says to her, trying to really yeah. poison her mind. And I've got the quote. I wrote it down. It's a great quote. Yeah, Go on. Don't fight in the north or the south. Fight every battle. Always in your mind. Everyone is your enemy. Everyone is your friend. Every possible series of events is happening all at once. Live that way and nothing will surprise. Every event will be something that you've seen before. I just thought, wow, this is for the first time a big look into Baelish's mind because they don't do that. They, they, yes. they let him do his shit, the slimy bastard. But they, you just got to see what Baelish is doing. And that quote is massive. That's what he's saying. He's yeah. everyone's mate. But yeah, and, ev- and he lives by that. That is his ride or die quote because he is so friendly with his enemies and nothing will ever shock him. He has seen some horrific things, but he's just like, yeah, whatever. It's, you know, it's been done. I've seen it before. And nothing phases him. Nothing, nothing. And, just, and that's I, why he survives. That's yeah, why he's a survivor. I've got a feeling she's going to slowly turn with him as well. She's going to be a yes. breed of Cersei and Baelish, which is quite scary. And I think Sansa might become a bit of a villain, you know, going forward. I'm a bit worried about her, to be honest, and I really am. But I just think, you know, um, that was an amazing scene. He's um, only It was only a minute or so, but 
very powerful from from uh, Littlefinger. But mm-hmm. lead straight on to the, another homecoming. Then do you want to oh talk about that? Oh my God! You know when the ghost, uh, you needed at the gate, so she goes to the gate, and now it's Arya, Arya Stark. Yeah, it's going to be her little sister, and it's fucking Bran. And oh my God! You know what? I I got quite. Em- I didn't cry because I'm fucking not that way inclined, but I did get really emotional. The fact that they ended up there because, you know, from all the Stark kids, even though he sees everything and he knows everything, and he's probably the most powerful when it comes to the mind, I do see him as obviously really fragile and vulnerable and we've seen his hardship through the seasons and like you know Hodor you know being the family protector looking after him and obviously he dies and he's actually got no one but that girl so you know for him to end up back home and have that and oh yeah that's another thing you said she's turning she goes you're the you're you're the rightful king you know she she said it like oh, straight away questioning John yeah yeah of course yeah, you know, but he is the, the son, though, right? He is. The he son. is. He is. He is the son, and she's right. But like, not something that you'd say. And he just completely brushed it. Goes, but I'm the three-eyed raven, and then she's looking at him like he's completely mad. Yeah, he's fucking nuts. You know, like, it's just like everyone trying to explain like their their powers and what they've seen and like he, concepts that no one can understand. And then when he's when he before you go there, before you go there, but don't you think right? And I'll let you talk about that because that's this like it was horrible, but. <laughs> Don't you think he's becoming, he is actually got the face of the other three-eyed raven. Like, he's just got no emotion. He doesn't care about what people are saying to him. Yes, he's just he's, plain he's face. He's deadpan in the face. Like, there was no emotion. When no, he happy. Actually, no, happy oh, to be home. Yeah, just, just very straight face. But I think cause he's seen a lot. So he's probably really, like, you she, know. He knows everything. He literally knows everything. She hugs him crying, and he's just... Yeah, he's whatever. probably sinner. He's sinner so many times, like obviously with all the visions and yeah, things. Yeah, he's like been so, there, hasn't he? So yeah. How they show him going back in time as well. So imagine he's seen the whole of that. So whenever he's asleep and they're trying to wake him up, he's probably just living the whole fucking experience of every character. Yeah, he's right there with them, even though they can't see him. He mm. stood right there. He's witnessed it all. But um, um, yeah, go on, go on to the bit that you were going to talk about. That that's really uh, freaks her out. Yeah, and uh, and then obviously they they're under that tree chatting, and I just thought um, the the cinematography of it was beautiful because obviously it was snowing, it was grey, but under that the tree that they were under, there was like red leaves. There was only that only pop of colour right there, and the chatting. I just thought it was beautifully set up, uh, just something that I picked up on, and um, you know to kind of convince her, or you know to kind of just demonstrate just how much he sees and knows and how powerful he is. He starts speaking about, um, you know, the hardship that she went through, her, you know, since obviously they've all been away. And, you know, and he specifically speaks about her being raped um, in, in her family home, you know, where she grew up. What and, an idiot. Like, what an idiot. Don't you think? No. Why? Because at the end of the day, right, you're, you're sitting up as your sister. Your sister's like, you should be the king. You should be the this. I'm the three-eyed raven. And yeah, uh, let me just go back. Uh, I could tell you about any part of our life or any part of you, anything that you did. That no, good, no, 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 no. I'm no. going to tell you about the worst day of your life. <laughs> no, I, I, I thought it was um, quite... Uh, he had to tell her about something. He had to, he had to bring up a, a memory that he was not part of. And really, if you think about it, she hadn't done an awful lot of good. What know, was he going to say? Oh, got, you yeah, did, did you know what I mean? You escaped. So, what, you escaped down. You know, so you jump off the cliff, uh, the edge, and all that. But but he didn't have to say. Oh, you could talk about the Battle of the Bastards, how you saved John. Didn't that, have to... <laughs> but, but that 
was a, a change. You know, that was probably one of her biggest changes. I, I thought it was, and maybe it was a scene because he actually, maybe it went, he went off on a tangent because he goes, it was a night like this. So it was just something that came to his head. I don't think he was stupid. I thought fair play, you know. He's Not stupid. Just I think it just shows he's got no emotion left. None. He doesn't. He's seen it because he's seen it. Yeah, he does. He's. It just. It was proof that he's her. He's her brother, and he's talking about something absolutely disgusting that a brother doesn't talk about. But it just shows he is the Raven. He he would just say it as it is to prove his point, and and that was that. And she just walked off. I also love the fact that when he goes, I need to speak to John. Yeah, I can't wait because he's gonna tell him that he's half Targaryen. And that is going to, John's going to run back to her and say, look, we don't need to fight. I'm your blood man. We're brothers. We're, we're, you're my aunt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry, that's a Punjabi. Don't, don't, don't kill me. We are, we are blood relatives. No, I, I mean, that's the big thing now. Him going back with the dragon, uh, with, with the dragon glass and um, meeting Bran is going to be such an interesting scene and how maybe he takes John back with him. I don't know how they do it, but it'll be so, so interesting. Anyway, Sansa's freaked out. Um, let's see what happens next week with that. But they go back to something that was dead nice. Uh, Sejora? Jorah's going to be Jorah the Explorer again. <laughs> oh, my God. What the fuck? <laughs> Did you think of that while you were watching? No, I, someone made a meme of him. I thought it was brilliant. Oh, my God. There's me giving you the credit. No, and I'm not going to take it. I'm going to be honest. That was fucking brilliant, though. Well done. Jorah the Explorer. How brilliant. So, yeah, um, it was good to see, wasn't it, that Sam is pretty damn good. He's, yeah, pretty damn good. And I love the lies that Jorah was like, just woke up and I felt better. <laughs> like, yeah, I believe you. Whatever. Practically dying completely covered in grayscale and for him to turn around and say yeah um i think you were right i just needed rest or maybe it was a climate and then um the head <laughs> mace was like the climate you know like it was just bullshit after bullshit you're not you know, gonna like, fool the bloody you know, archmaster you know, are you you know when you're at school you're not trying to rat out on your mate and you're making every bullshit foreseeable excuse that you could possibly think of that's exactly what he was doing and you know he wasn't having any of it but he's like right okay and then he goes tali see me later on and uh, I thought another thing that was quite lovely was obviously the exchange between him and Sam and uh, when he was like I'm going to go and serve Khaleesi and X, Y and Z and, he, and uh, Sam put out his hand to shake it and Jura was like wow it's the first time I'm going to have human contact that's exactly you know, so- what I put down as well I thought first time human contact that must have been years I mean we don't know what the the, spe- the, the time, time scale, yeah. yeah because I don't put times in but it's really it looked like the way he acted it was like I'm going to touch someone for the first time in, in years. And uh, it was a powerful moment. But he also said to Sam, I owe you my life. Mm-hmm. So that's going to come in handy somewhere later because this show, as you know, like this episode was full of flashbacks to season one again, you know, things that they talked about. Sam Tarly's got a marker on Jura the Explorer. Don't make reference. This is not John Wick. We leave Keanu out of something for once. But yeah, Archmaester tells him off, but tells him he should be proud of himself. And his reward is uh, to rewrite the old manuscripts and scrolls. <laughs> I mean, Sam probably thinks it's not a reward, but I'll tell you something. I bet you Sam learns. He'll something. pick up something, won't he? Yeah, you and I reckon he... Archmaester's done it on purpose because he knows yeah. he's very good. And all those things are probably going to help him 
in the future. I mean, it's it's clear he's going to be a brilliant maester. Yeah. Sam, so I think that learning more is, is good for him, but he doesn't quite see it just yet. Anyway, so this is the b- big, big plot twist of this episode. So they go back to Tyrion, obviously, talking about how, you know, the, they've got, they have 10,000 men there and the, the wall is impregnable and people dying. However, um, he goes, I think there's one really, really good quote um, where he goes, <laughs> he goes, give me 10 good men and I'll impregnate the bitch. That was actually Bron that said that to him. So, cause he, <laughs> he said, uh, one of my friends said this. But the big thing is, obviously, Tyrion thinks he's being dead clever in getting, um, you know, find, having the passage in uh, and and obviously attacking them from within. But the thing that he does, he's underestimating Cersei again. You know, all of their fleet has been burnt again. You know what that scene reminded me of when he was like, oh, there's a way in. It reminded me of Lord of the Rings and the Two Towers. Helm's Deep. Battle of Helm's Deep, but a smaller version and a, obviously a much more low-budgeted version. The yeah. fact that they, there was, a, you know, a, bre- a way to breach the castle and the walls. Yeah, interesting. And then basically the big clever bit about this was that they had no men there. They didn't have their 10,000 men there. Obviously, Sam Tarly's dad, Lord Tarly, has uh, given in to Jamie and wants to be Warden of the South. And they've gone to bloody High Garden instead in House Tyrell to kick their ass. So whilst Castle Rock's been taken, they allowed it to be taken, and they knew it was going to be taken, and they let Euron destroy all of her ships. So now you've got the Unsullied at Casterly Rock with nothing. So they've left, they've taken pretty much everything that was good there. And it's another little battle won by Cersei because they've gone over yeah, to she's... High Garden and they've got all the money then in. Remember, they're rich. House mm-hmm. Tyrell is fucking loaded. Yeah. So this was her plan from the start where she said, in two weeks, mm-hmm. you'll have all the gold you need. Now, that is clever. That is Cersei being... I mean, it was the Queen's Justice, I think, this episode was called. I mean, she is dishing it. Talk about taking a lead. Mm -hmm. I think it shows experience as well. Somebody who's used to ruling the Seven Kingdoms, someone who's experienced in living and growing up in Westeros, knowing her, her battles, where to go, where the stronghold is, you know, the tactical battle, you know, she, and you're right, uh, right now she's got the upper hand in everything. Yeah, the allies are gone. They're all yeah. gone. Or she's just wiped them fucking out. And I just thought, how clever they just did a switcheroony type thing. And it's mm. just another episode where you think it's going one way and all of a sudden you think, yes, Tyrion's won, but really he's lost. He's underestimated them. Jamie, Euron, and Cersei are in really the upper hand here. I was actually punching for joy when Grey Worm won and he was narrating it. And then all of a sudden, there's no one there. But yeah. the, one of the biggest scenes, and maybe the biggest scene, is the end scene with Lady Tyrell. Mm. But before you get to that, I love the fact that when we saw Jamie with them, what's the friend called with the long black hair, the funny one? Who, Bronn? Yeah, I was. It was great to see him again. Uh, again, he's one of my favourite non-characters. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's just always there, isn't he, in the background with the. But that's that's where I saw him. And... He's got some funny lines as well. I just love crudeness, and he was very crude. Yeah, so I can't was. wait for him to actually have some dialogue. But yeah, go to the iconic scene. I mean, what did you think of that 
interaction with uh, Jamie, there's a few big things that come out of it actually, but mm. I mean, I just thought she, he was being, the thing with Jamie here was he was being really trying to be nice to her. He was like, you know, she wanted to be cruel. She wanted to, you know, get, get torture you, walk you through the streets. You know what? I convinced her not to. And you're going to have an easy death. But what is she he's, doing he's to better, he's, he's a better, he's the better sibling, isn't he? he? Like, I think we spoke about it in, like, the first episode. He He's becoming more and more likeable. When you first watch the show, you absolutely despise and detest him. But he's got a lot of human element. And I think that's a lot to do with what he's been through. Also, the way Caitlin Stark kind of freed him, showed some mercy on him. Yeah, you know, Brienne. Then, it was the Brienne, Brienne bit. He just yeah, went upwards yeah. from there. Yeah, and, you know, he's had a lot of... Um, I'd say a lot of um, a mercy shown on him. You know, he could have been dead so many times. He's escaped death so many times in himself. So uh, I think, and also met some good people along the way, and Brienne, like you said. But yeah, that was very good. And I love the fact, you know, one of my favourite things was, uh, I think she has pretty much lost everything. You know, we know that she's lost all her family. Olena, yeah. Yeah, she. that's what she kind of lived for. Then she thought, well, I'll have like my one last shot at getting one over Cersei. I'll form an allegiance with uh, Daenerys. It's gone tits up. Here I am. I'm captured. I've got nothing to uh, pretty much live for. I love the fact that she called Joffrey a cunt. And she called her <laughs> a disease. Cersei yeah. a disease. <laughs> you know, like this really old, respectable, well-spoken woman. And she said cunt. And I couldn't stop laughing. Jamie kind of, I think... He didn't want to smirk, but I kind of saw one, or I want to believe that I saw yeah, one. She she knows that it's his son, her, his son as well. She goes, your son. And, like, she's really giving him the slaps, really giving him the slaps. And, like, she's taunting him, and she's saying she regrets the role she played in spreading Cersei's disease. And, like, I just thought she went out with a fucking bang. Like, she's a loser there in terms of she's going to die, but she was the winner because... Mm-hmm. He's given her the, the poison to drink and she's not going to die like her, his son. And then she... And oh, when she described it as well. But then she, before she died, she admitted to it. And yes. Up until this point, since season four... Cersei, so anger in his eyes No, as well. Cersei and Jamie thought it was Tyrion. Yeah. And they've just realised who it was. And he has just realised he was sick that he saved her. He was sick that he gave her mercy a mercy killing and she's just said i want you to tell that bitch basically i yeah. killed her son you go tell her that i wanted her to know it so on her way out she has been she she was fucking victorious with me i don't know whether yes you agree with it. I, she, I, I agree she went out with a fucking band because she's a <laughs> really really strong woman a woman you know she's like quite hard-faced uh, again um sin a lot had a lot of experience. She sort of spoke about doing everything necessary to protect her loved ones, pretty much um, describing what Jamie's doing. And even to some degree, Cersei, you know, the family always comes first, Bartirian, obviously. So um, I, I really, um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, she, she, you know, the way she treated him, there's no wonder he went the other way. But yeah, she was um, incredible. And you know what? It was fitting though, because she's such a strong character. She had some great dialogue. She had to go out that way. They couldn't give her a weak line or a weak death. You know, she had to go out with um, a bit of oomph and what a way to kind of close off the show, I thought. Yeah. I mean, let's move on to just some kind of general things about the show. Did you find any other interesting points and stuff? I mean, one big thing was I kept, they kept on drawing 
they kept on calling the dragons invincible. She kept on saying that, uh, Daenerys, you know, when they were talking about it. And mm-hmm. I kind of feel like, and obviously Cersei said to the, the banking, the Iron Bank guy that, um, they're not as, uh... they're not as invincible as you think. I have a feeling one's going to die. This is a, 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 I have a feeling one dragon is going to die and that's going to really change things for Daenerys and say, right, I got to start taking this a bit seriously, man. Because right now we're just walking into some bullshit traps and Tyrion's just failing as the hand in terms of, well, he's, he's, he's a good hand, but he's not a very good fucking tactician in war, is he? They're losing all the battles. So, well, uh, it's, 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 it's true, and I think it will be a reality check for her, and it'll be a wake-up call for her, because I think she's quite complacent. I think, well, I've got three dragons, and they, like you said, she thinks they are the be-all and end-all. You know, she she will rule because she has dragons and no one else does. And Tyrion, yeah, he he's failed her this once in this battle. But the, the, if you actually think about it, the tactic was spot on. They were all meant to be there. Yeah, but- it's just... It's just, he got them in. He got but, out thought that they, they expected it. And then yeah, what you've got to yeah. do in war is, is try and beat the other person by being cleverer. They mm. are, they are a step ahead of Tyrion, which means he's not good enough. Do you get what I mean? Whether they knew that that was going to happen, they knew he'd find a way to get in. But he's the brightest sort of Lannister kid. And I think this would be a wake up call for him as well. I think the fact that he got out of Fox tactically is really going to hurt his ego because that's all that the man's got. The man, his biggest strength and his biggest muscle is his fucking brain. Yeah, he was one of the losers of this episode, yeah. I thought. I mean, yeah. that was interesting. Um, so I prediction for me is I think uh, a dragon will die, which is going to be scary because we wanted to see the, the, one of those fan theories, you know, three dragons, three Targaryens and whatever, mm. but maybe not. The other thing I thought in this episode, Nin, was um, that three daughters were kind of in power. So Cersei becoming more and more, by the way, like the Mad King, mm-hmm. more and more. Then you have Daenerys trying to not be the Mad King, be the nice one. And then um, Sansa ruling mm. in Winterfell. And I just thought, in in a way, just the, it's such a different take on the show. It was always male-dominated. It's now the, the women are in charge. And obviously, they've all been through their own battles. They've mm-hmm. all been through hell, haven't they? I mean, Cersei, even though she's queen, she's been through fucking hell. Yes. Like losing people, losing kids, the humiliation, the works. And just such a poignant part of the show was just the three pronged, you know, threes is massive, three dragons. These, the three daughters just kind of like, you know, going through their journey and they're at the, they're at that place now of power. So I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, but I just thought that was quite something that came out from the show. I think Game of Thrones is quite, um, I don't know, like, I think it does empower women, even though the women have never sat on a throne per se, there's always been really strong female characters, but it was nice to actually see them in the leadership roles. Does that make sense? That they actually, like you said, it was about the queens. And, you know, this time there were three women stepping up to be leaders and rulers. And, yeah, I, I agree. I thought it was quite strong. And you're right, they've all, all three of them have seen some shit. And I think that's why they're such strong women. And, you know, they they really played on that. The fact that their hardships have made them a certain way. And that's to be ruthless and not to be, and not to have those female soft instincts. They're all quite hard-faced bitches. And I like that. Yeah, they've turned that way. And because Daenerys <laughs> is showing that way. 
really some strength as well in her scenes, isn't she? Like Sansa's getting obviously coming of age, but Daenerys is really strong. I think now she's really showing, you know, that she can give it. When she's speaking to John, I just thought it was brilliant. But I mean, going forward in next episode, what comes out of this now? I think Daenerys realizes that John's her only ally, really. Now, yeah, yeah, it, it pretty much is because obviously, um, right now Cersei is winning the battle, like we've just said, um, experience and knowing the area and her kingdom. So she's going to know exactly where to attack, where there's weaknesses, and she's going to really need the north. So it's going to be a case of, well, you scratch my back, I scratch yours, and also Bran. Once once he actually gets back to the north, the conversation with Bran will also be very, very poignant in how all this plays out, I think. Now, I don't know whether this is right. I'm looking forward, looking ahead to next week's episode, some kind of a theory. Um, it looks like... Uh, Arya's meeting with Nymeria and that little line that we talked about last week about you know you're you're, you're it's not you mm. I think that's swayed her to go back to Westeros because it's not her to go home and uh, there's no there's no you know there's no actual real hint of her there but I have got a feeling that you know that Iron Bank guy Mm-hmm. I think it's Arya. I, I, I'm, I'm probably wrong. Really wrong. I like it though. I hope you're I'm, right. I'm really. I, I might be wrong. I have a feeling that's how she's got in. I, I really do. But I don't know. I don't know. She's there for a couple of weeks, apparently, as a guest. She's got a fortnight to kill her, then, hasn't she? Yeah. So I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, and maybe Arya does go back. But I think they've given us the Stark reunion for one now. I don't mm. think they'll keep doing it. You know, I don't think they'll keep giving us more. I have a feeling that that meeting with Nymeria is going to be big for for Arya in terms of, I think those lines were said for a reason as well. It's not you. It's in her head. She's saying it to herself. Why, what are you doing? You follow what you do. And what she was doing was following her list. And I, I honestly think she's back. And the way Cersei's get, got a big win. Yeah. She got a big, big win this week with everything. Mm-hmm. I've got a feeling Cersei's going to die. Bye, bye, Nina Kowser. Bye, bye. That she's actually she can't die, man. I know. Like at the beginning, I was like, "That this bitch needs to die. This bitch needs to die. She can't. She's too good. She's great. She's great. But something's got to give. Either you know, I don't know. Maybe I'm totally wrong. Though, by the way, maybe I'm totally wrong. And listeners, you know what? Let me know if you think I'm wrong, because I'd love to be wrong. But I mean, actually, no, I wouldn't love to be wrong. I'd love to. I love it if this turns right and she's in there and she's like living in the in the red keep and she's a guest and stuff and she's going to kick some ass. But who knows? It'll be really interesting to find out if um, if she is the Iron Banker. But anything else then before we sign off? No, I just thought it was a really, really um, good show. Uh, for the um you know the the coming together of characters the dialogue some things been brought to light like obviously as characters now knowing like people like Jamie that it wasn't Tyrion and it, and you know what I bet he breathed a sigh of relief when he released him as well thinking well at least you're not completely bad yeah you killed our dad but let's be honest his dad was exactly the best to him but the fact that you didn't kill my son you know Maybe there was an element of relief that I wasn't a complete shithead for freeing you because he released him. Yeah, he did. And I think he believed it wasn't him. When he said that he didn't kill him, he said it in the court, he said it on trial, I did not kill Joffrey. I think 
he knows that his brother's a lot of things, but he's not a liar. Mm. And if he got caught in the act, he'd admit it. Yeah. You know? And so, I, I, you're right. I think he he trusted him, and I think he got it, but he just didn't know who did it. He didn't know who did it. So now they seem to have got revenge for their, you know, the kids dying. So uh, they killed the, the other one. Tommen died because of her, because of Cersei. So who's she going to blame on that one? But yeah. I, I honestly think there was it was a big episode in terms of what happened, big episode in terms of that twist and turns, and obviously the, the Jamie finding out. I just think it's, it was a really really good show. I know, like we said, low budgeted and stuff, but I, I feel some big shit's going to happen in the next. What is it? Is, is it eight in this one or seven? I can't remember, but I think there's going to be a lot going on in the coming episodes. I think it's a nice mix. I think it's really clever right now. We had the big battle and we went all school Game of Thrones last episode. This one was all about the dialogue, which is big on screen, you know, presence as well. It's big. You you know, you can't have these, you know, extravagant battles if people aren't talking and forming allegiances and treaties and stuff. Do you know what I mean? It's give and take. I enjoyed it. Yeah, so more John and Daenerys next week. Let's see where Arya turns up. Let's see what the Raven does. I can't wait for John to go back and meet the Raven. They're probably going to keep holding us off from that now, fucking bastards. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. Now that we want last episode, yeah, yeah, wankers. Because <laughs> obviously he's going to work with her unknowingly now. So it's just it, they they're doing a good job of building. That's the next big reveal in the show. Finding out John's uh, identity, I think, and. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it. But, Nin, thank you so much for waking up dead, dead early and watching this and uh, doing it at this time so I can uh, fly off to Munich to watch Liverpool Munich and uh, and then and then uh, have a bit of a holiday. Appreciate All it. All right, you bougie bastard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, 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 I'm disappearing. I'm disappearing for a week. All I'm going to say, Gags, this is like my last episode for a while. My watch has ended. Yeah, you <laughs> Brilliant. I was going to say, look, I'm leaving the North with you. I'm Jon Snow. You're Sansa. (laughs) Bitch, please. Hey, she's going to be the next Cersei once Cersei's dead. Anyway, um, it should be... be, um, I'm really looking forward to next week's episode already. Again, thank you so much, Nin. Uh, Please do keep uh, tweeting us on at OnTheBoxPodcast. My Twitter account is at GagStandard and she is at Nina Kauser. Just please let us know what you thought of the show. If you disagreed with any of our opinions or anything that we think is going to happen next, um, I know a lot of you have done, especially with the one-one stuff. Uh, fine, no problem at all. Oh my god, I never knew such a fine detail would cause so much uh, conversation. <laughs> I know, but it's good. This is the best thing about Game of Thrones. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's brilliant. Yeah, you can discuss so many things, and you're always learning. That's one thing I always think. I don't know anything, and yeah. um, you know, the people that have read the books will know way more than me. I'm going off the show, so. Anyway, please keep interacting. We enjoy it. And yet, her watch has ended for now. See you next week.
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.